0: The employee at a company has a different experience than the customer. So this is why there's that difference between the employer brand and the and the company brand. The person that's working for the company is not receiving the service. They're providing the service. Whereas the person that goes to the company, they're experiencing what it, whether they're buying a product or a service, but both tie together. It's not like two separate brands that have two different logos. And that when we mean employer brand and company brand, we're we're talking about the the differentiation of how it's positioned to the public.
1: Our focus today is a brand, a company brand versus a personal brand uh, versus an employer brand. What are the differences between the three? And what are the similarities? And I'll start, I mean, I'll start with the similarity. Um, well, yeah, I'll start with the similarity. The, the the company brand, which is, you know, obviously it's a company, uh, an employer brand is, I guess you're representing the HR department and what it's the culture and what it's like to work there. And then your own personal brand. All three deal with emotional human connections. And the way you get there is through authenticity. So your brand or your company brand is what the community perceives your company to be and to represent. Your personal brand is the same thing. It's what the community perceives you personally, what you represent uh, and what kind of person and who you are. And the employer brand, same thing. What is the perception of the community of what the uh, work culture is there? What's it like to work there? What kind of work do you guys do? What are the opportunities there? It's all about perception. I know, Jamie, you and I have had this conversation. We just had it before we started recording this episode. Is that you don't don't just start. If you're a human being, your brand, you don't just start your brand. I'm just going to start my brand today. I'm going to build my brand. You can start molding your brand and growing your brand, but your brand is already there. There is already a perception of you. So the only way you start developing a brand, if you have a brand new business and have there's zero equity in that business, meaning no 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 knowledge of that business, then I suppose you would start from from square one in, in developing that brand. But your brand isn't what you perceive it to be or want it to be. It's what the community perceives it to be. It's already there you have an opportunity to grow it expand on it and start molding it in the way in the way you you want it to go you have more control it's it, it, when you start developing or building your brand I guess it's you recognizing the fact that I want to have some more control over the direction of this brand I want to be more aware of what's happening it's 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 just there it's out there it's how the community perceives it and now you have an opportunity to help direct that perception or to persuade into the the way that you want that brand to be perceived.
2: Um, something that we always talk to our, well, I mean, our people in our own personal lives, um, we'll talk about what clients that we represent. And if it's someplace that's, you know, customer facing, we always tell them, let us know how it went because we again, we've said it, Steve just said it, everything affects your brand. Um, so when we're working with somebody, we want to make sure that we're monitoring all of those activities, good, bad, ugly, whatever. Um, and there've been times when, you know, somebody will come and be like, yeah, the service was great, but gosh, this person at the desk was just kind of like a mess. And, and that stuff affects it. You want to go someplace where you feel like, uh, people have their stuff together, I guess. Um, and the other day I was in the car and I heard, a radio commercial for Cintas, the you know, rugs and towels and they drop off, I guess, textiles uh stuff. I don't know exactly what it is. Sintas
1: C I N T A S. They do the uniforms, work uniforms.
2: Uniforms, yeah. And I know I've seen them with like the big rugs that are like in vestibules.
1: Really? Um okay. well, yeah. I know them for the uniforms.
2: But uniforms, yeah. Yeah. And on their, it was like they were, like they've been listening to our meetings for the past like couple of years. But the first part of their commercial was everything you do affects your brand. And that goes right down to your employees. So, I mean, you don't want to be working in, maybe you're like a CPA and you have uh, big corporate companies that are coming in and then you're working on their portfolios or whatever. And you have some person at the desk and just like, or your maintenance guy coming out in like sweatpants and like a t-shirt with like a hole in it or something that affects your brand. That's going to make people think, they have millions of dollars invested with these people they can't even pay their employees well enough for them to get a shirt without a hole in it you know and I thought it was so interesting that um this company and it kind of con it kind of uh merged their I think employer brand and their Their company brand together um, by speaking to other people's employer brands. You know, you got to take care of your employees. You have to make sure that they're on point. Make them make sure they look uh, capable. But let us take care of that for you. Um, We'll make sure that they have that crisp shirt or pants or scrubs or whatever. We'll take that out of your hands um, because everything that you do, everything that you see, that when somebody crosses your door or even when they're outside, it, it affects your brand
1: really interesting point uh about um the we'll call it cross promotion or the the employer brand and the company brand so everything you do affects your brand if like what syntos is talking about that you guys if you don't have if if the guys are wearing awful shirts and holes in them or whatever bad bad for the brand but that's where so when we talk to our when we're discussing things about whether when we're discussing developing a brand for a client, whether it's an employer brand or the company brand, to your point, everything you do affects your brand. So in essence, when we are working on our employer brand or you know, um, and, and we're out, we're we're doing recruitment advertising, recruitment and retention advertising. That also affects the company brand and vice versa. So the company brand will definitely affect the employer brand. So everything you do in any capacity affects the perception of the community, whether it's someone that might want to work for the company uh, or someone that might want to purchase or partner uh, with the company. So reality is especially for small business owners you your brand is is there it's it's um you can start influencing it today but there already is some kind of equity in your brand whether it's positive or whether it's uh it's naked it's negative what you can start doing is building on or we'll say that what you can start to do is reinforcing the positive, the positive equity of your brand. You reinforce it through whatever marketing techniques you're doing. Your brand is your brand. You obviously are not going to reinforce any negative parts of your brand. You're going to work on them to eliminate them. But you are going to reinforce the positive parts of your brand in a way that you can connect with the community. I hope that's making sense.
0: Like, reinforce reinforcing in the sense of let's give a couple examples. So yeah. something that comes to mind is sharing the stories of the employees, right? Like why they enjoy working there. Um, some of the memories that they've made there. And it really kind of gives you an idea of what the culture is all about without saying we're a great place to work and we have all this and we have benefit just like everybody else. Um, so it's, it's being authentic, right? You know, no scripts, having people share exactly how they feel. Um, and, 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 to keep in mind, too, that the employee at a company has a different experience than the customer. So this is why there's that difference between the employer brand and the, and the company brand. The person that's working for the company is not receiving the service, they're providing the service. Whereas the person that goes to the company, they're experiencing what it, whether they're buying a product or a service, but both tie together. It's not like two separate brands that have two different logos. And the, when we mean employer brand and company brand, we're we're talking about the the differentiation of how it's positioned to the public. So if somebody is looking for a job, a passive um, a candidate comes across a, a story of another employee, and they have the connection of wanting to work there and leave their their current employer. Then they did their job of properly. Um, reinforcing their employer brand. So those are some of the differences when it comes to, you know, how you're perceiving what type of, whether it's an advertisement that you're receiving or a referral, um, you know, any type of media that you may come across. It's really just what is the company like in terms of working for them? And what is it like actually experiencing their service or product? And the personal brand really comes down to everybody is made up of, uh, every company is made up of people. It's the the people work for companies. So when we say personal brand too, I mean, that, that's really your reputation. So if you are, um, we we like bringing up the analogy, like if you wear your your company's t-shirt, make sure you're not doing anything stupid or, or in a bad situation because you're representing the company outside of work. It's not just, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with work. So I could do, do whatever you're, you're depending on your position in the company, you're the face of that company. You represent that company for as long as you're employed there. So that's, that's your reputation. You don't, an in, in integrity, right. You, you do the right thing uh, when, you know, whether you're out in public or, or in the company working, it's your reputation um, and it's how you're perceived. But you have the ability to grow your reputation by the types of um, encounters that you have with the public, um, good and bad. So these are things to keep in mind because they're not sep- These are not separate brands; they all tie together as one.
1: That's right on. Well said. Um, I think a lot of times people are confused of what brand is right. So what what is the brand? And it's what you touched on, Jamie. It, it's it's really what we what seems to help people understand what brand is is when you put an extra word on it: brand image, you know, brand perception, or brand reputation. That that's what we're talking about when we're talking about influencing or molding or reinforcing or growing or developing your brand it's really your reputation. It's really your reputation. It's, it's how you, whether it's you personally or your company, it's how are you perceived? And it's really important to know that it's how, it's not how you perceive it. It's how the others think of you and you execute strategies to help mold that. Perception, and when you start talking like you did, Jamie, about your image or your reputation, I think it starts to click a lot better with with people of, of
0: understanding it. Sure, you know and I go- think. Oh, sorry, Mary. Go ahead. No,
2: go ahead, Jim. Go. I was just
0: gonna say, like, I I think you can go even further with it, and and in terms of reputation, if we're gonna label it like that, you have an offline reputation, and you have an online reputation. So it's how you present yourself in public, face to face, and then depending on if you use social media or not how you present yourself on there the type of things that you share the type of comments that you leave the things that you like the people that you connect with it really all ties together as well so it's not like you know um you're, you're you could be this person and that per- I mean authenticity is the the number one thing in all of this right like you want to be who you are who you say you are when you meet your customers and the same thing when you're meeting, prospects potential you know people that could um be a part of your business be a part of your business story it all ties together as one so um you know advice for people out there especially those that are like whether they're looking for a a new employer um or just really anything it's your reputation really is everything and and i think people don't take that seriously enough um Especially with like the age of social media, like one wrong thing that you do can can ruin your brand or, or your reputation, as we're saying. So it's important because employers look at that sort of stuff, too. Right. I mean, it's all out online. Um, and it's again, it's the people that, you know, so um, it's all about just keeping those connections. Uh, but also at the same time, it all ties together as one, your personal brand, the employer brand, the company brand.
2: So oh. when you guys are talking this, I had a, uh, an experience, uh, just yesterday, actually, I was at a grocery store and, um, grabbing some stuff. My son is homesick. And as I was waiting for his prescription to be done, I was just kind of wasting time, um, in the aisles and and looking at crap that I didn't need. And I, there were two employees that were sitting there and they were talking to each other. Um, and I think to employ this, I think will illustrate that in, it's important to have employee buy-in on your brand too and have them be your brand ambassadors and excited so these are two like good examples um so as i'm standing there these two people there was an older woman and then a younger girl and they were talking about how pissed off they were about the schedule and how they the their boss didn't seem to care. There's their hours were all over the place. Um, they were starting to talk about, well, are you gonna look for another job? I don't know. I think I might wait until summer's over. Um, and you know, when we worked at when we were doing all of the career um advertising for Geico, um, one of the targets that we would try to hit are parents who have kids that are, you know, living in their basements um and they need their kid to get a job. So, I mean, those two people, I kind of am uniquely in that position where these two people are sitting there and they're talking and a company that I always thought had a sterling reputation um, for how they treated their parent, their um, employees. And maybe these were just two girls that were pissed off because they got a bad schedule, which happens too. But um, it made me think like, well, I'm not going to push my kid to go apply there. You know, good thing she's got a job right now, but my son's going to need one in a couple of years. That's not going to be someplace that I want him to go. But they just seemed so, and it affected the way I look at them as an employer, not necessarily as a provider of things I need to purchase, but as an employer. Now, on the flip side of that, I've seen, we've seen um, the benefit to having an employer brand can have on your employees and the pride that it can bring to them. Um, So Modpack is a manufacturing um, company that we work with. And Steve and I were doing a, we were doing a font. Jamie hurt his leg and was out. So they, he, for some reason, trusted Steve and I to go in and do the filming that day. Um, And we were there super early in the morning, like 6 a.m. And the guy that met us at the door Jay. um, He was so excited to have us there. He wanted to make sure that he got to do a video. He talked about wanting to do an employee spotlight because he was so proud about where he worked and wanted to tell the world about it. And, you know, these videos that we were doing, they were so silly and short. They were like 20 seconds long. It was say Merry Christmas to us, say Happy Hanukkah. And uh, what's something that your family does? What did you always wish you got from, you know, Santa Claus when you were a kid or opening up Hanukkah presents? And this guy was hilarious because all he had to say was, you know, happy holidays from Vermont back. And he kept trying to find a way to fit the employer brand slogan in. So he'd be like, it was like, happy holidays, Vermont back where you can apply for a job and build your career. Like we're like, Oh, you know, it just needs to be a bit like, but he was so excited about it. We ended up doing a spotlight video with him a couple months, like after that. And I mean, he crushed it and it was because he was so happy to tell everybody about the experience he had, about the culture that's there, about the support that he gets from his team members. Um, and it was so genuine. And I think it's one reason is because, yeah, of course they treat their employees really well, but they're also shining a spotlight on the community that makes up their company through their employer grant.
1: And I think in, in, in Jay's case, it's, you hit It is He's very proud of it. But I think what happens also when a company will publicly, internally and externally state that we are spotlighting you know, our heroes, the, the, our employees, and we're going to let them represent us to the community because we want more people just like them. We want more of those workers just like them. And we figure we'll let them tell their stories to connect with people just like them in the community who may want to work with us. So those employees like Jay at Mod Pack, uh, folding cartons and stock boxes, they're they're proud, but also they appreciate that the company is going out on a limb and saying we appreciate you, but we also trust you. We trust you with the keys to the. I mean, that's a very big role. You are we don't say this, but in essence, you are our brand ambassador. You are a Colonel Sanders representing our company. That's very powerful, and so I think that when you, when a company focuses on that employer brand, in that, in highlights and spotlights, as we call it, uh, when they spotlight their employees, the the ones that they appreciate so much, and they want others just like them, it is a it, it encourages. Well, it encourages uh, more people to get involved internally, but it reeks of it. I am proud to work here, but I really appreciate you for having that trust in me. And as we know, in human connections, you know, when you trust, you will do anything to help. And so it's a it's a it's a it's a big circle. I mean, company trusts them; they want to do more to help the company. Company wants to do more to help them, and that just becomes that culture, and it just grows from there. And people can smell it. They can feel it from the outside. They can feel a culture. And back to Jamie's point also, because it's authentic. It's real stories. It's, it's not scripted. It's the way, it's what their story is of why they're working there and what is the passion, what is the gratification. And it's, instead of saying it is a great place to work and this is why it's a good place to work, it's Hey, here's my story. Here's how I connect. Here's how they listen to me. I got to, I, I did X, Y, and Z. And then I became, I, I received a promotion. And I appreciate that. And what does that do for me and for my family? And why did I why did I want that promotion? Why have I been here 25 years? Um, that that's that's authenticity. It's real, and that's what connects, that's what connects people. But I think in the end, when you tie in your employees or your team members, there is an appreciation from both sides to do
2: that. I think it takes uh, <laughs> it takes the company from having a bunch of human capital working in their offices and turns them into team members. I mean, that's a, a term that usually just makes at least the three of us cringe when um, we hear an employer talking about about their human capital. um, This makes it very, it gives that capital a face. It takes one company that we were doing. I don't know if it was, I can't remember who it was, um, but their social ads, when we were doing them, it had people in them and it would be somebody be like, like a a gif of somebody dancing or, you know, people not and not staged. Some of them were staged, but they went from having people in them and having emotion into them to a desk with a phone. And I mean, I feel like that, that too, that is the difference between an employer brand uh, that's based on their team and based on the culture, as opposed to a cold, sterile human place full of like human Capital. I mean, the whole feeling of everything that they were doing just changed, and I do I think it kind of sucked. I <laughs> think it kind of sucked after that.
1: Yeah, listen. Those are two words that we don't allow any of our clients to use. Human capital is awful, and it dictates that it it it, it says the words human capital mean we have a really cold corporate culture, and. Um, we are using the word human, but really you're just capital to us. That, that's all you are. You aren't people. We need you to operate. And so we will put you in these places. And when we do advertisements, we're going to show an empty desk with a phone and say, you could sit here, right? At the, in this cubicle, let's go. You know, it doesn't say much about, well, it says a lot about the culture, uh, but that's, that's a really negative brand that's negative brand equity you don't want that and so yeah human capital when we talk to somebody and and they they literally say those words human the words human capital um we have to immediately eliminate that from from any conversations uh, it, you can't you can't think of people you cannot think of people as human capital it's just just changing the words maria you said teammates i think you said Right. Mm -hmm. Just think about that, what that does. Hey, our teammates, you know, we don't think of it. So even if you don't externally say human capital, although many companies do, I see it, I hear it. But even if you're just in the C suite and you're saying, all right, we got to work on our human capital, this is what we're going to do. If you could just change that to your team, whatever sales representatives, if you're talking about it, just it changes your mindset. And, and you recognize that it changes your culture the words human capital very bad words it's um so if you can even internally don't use those two words i think you will be better off you will think differently you will act differently you know i i not you made me think um about when you say human capital often we hear, we'll be calling on somebody, maybe maybe it's a prospect, and uh, they're B2B. And they'll ask, well, what kind of B2B experience do you have? Which we have, but when you hear that question, it's always a head scratcher for me. So oh, so if you only have B2C experience, then you can't help a company grow on the B2B level because it's a whole different game. While the target who you want to talk to, who you want to communicate with, who you want to persuade to whatever it is you're trying to do by your product or service, whether it's B2B to B2C, those targets are completely different. Just like a target for a recruitment campaign is different for the same company. If they're trying to target, you know, selling their product, but whether if it's B2C or B2B, it's still, you're still talking to human beings. So it's, H to H, it's human to human. Our point is, if you're B to B, you're still talking to humans. And you still need to have an authentic uh, approach, be transparent, as transparent as you can without giving away trade secrets, and connect on an emotional level through the power of sound and storytelling. There is no difference. It's the same thing. It's all about being real, being authentic, and and connecting, and that is how you influence and grow uh, your brand, mold your brand, and develop it in the way you want to go. But i what I question is, you know, do we have a complete understanding of a brand versus employer brand versus a personal brand, and and I just want to. Again, reinforce the fact that your your brand, uh, the way you influence your brand, whether it's your personal brand, the company brand, um, or an employer brand, the way you influence it and grow it and connect with it is the exact same way. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. You connect on an emotional level uh, by being authentic and through storytelling. It's all the same. It's just different targets. You have different people. So you might use different language to communicate, but you really, the most important part is that you use your language, whatever your language is, you be authentic and be yourself. And that's how you'll connect. You'll tell your own story. And that's how you ultimately grow your brand.
0: Yeah. All all three involve how you treat people.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point.
0: All three, your personal brand, how you interact and present yourself, the company brand, the service product that you provide for people, and then the employer, obviously how they treat their employees.
2: Yeah, that's, that is a good point, James. Cause there's definitely um, companies that I know of and have heard like horror stories about them, not providing you know, something or that was necessary or giving their employees the time that they need for something or whatever um, that I won't, I won't shop there anymore. I won't go there anymore. I think it makes a difference. And
1: I've heard the opposite where it's like, oh man, I would never shop there, but they really treat their employees well. Right. And it gives you a different feeling. It's like,
2: eh, yeah,
1: maybe I should go there. You know, Mm -hmm. because if they're people want to help or work with or buy from, um, good people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People will reward goodness. Right. And to your point. Yeah. But, but if we find out you're a dick to your employees, we'll probably won't shop there. We definitely might not have our kids there, but we may not, we, we might, we might never recommend anyone go work there. We may or may not shop there, but if we have a choice, we'll choose not to shop with you. Because we understand what the employee culture or what it's like to work there, which is not good.
2: Yeah. Then again, everything affects your brand. I think. I think some companies think, well, that's not going to get out. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know that we don't give our employees breaks, and then we time their their bathroom time, and you know your whatever. But I think that stuff does get out, and it and it affects how you're perceived. Again, yeah, your brands, how your community perceives you, not how how you perceive you.
1: James, you talked about, you called it your offline brand and your your online brand image mm-hmm. perception or yeah. reputation. Aren't we at the point now that that it's all one? It, it, it's your online reputation is your reputation, your offline reputation is your reputation, or is it still separated? I think I think I can make an argument both ways. One of the reasons it might be separated, and if you disagree, let me know, is because a lot of people don't recognize that your online brand is your brand, that is your mm-hmm. perception, and so they we call it hiding behind the keyboards. You say things that you may not say
0: to somebody in person. Is exactly. that was that your point? Exactly. Yeah, and also some people don't have social media. Yeah. Some people have never got a Facebook or an Instagram, whether they're they're older or they're a younger person that just didn't want to get social media. But there, there are some people that don't go online. And if they do go online, some people don't want to use their real name and stuff like that. But if you need to find somebody, you can be found. So like that's another thing to keep in mind. Like, don't think because you're behind the computer that nothing can come back to you. You say something stupid online and somebody wants to find out who you are, they'll find your LinkedIn. If you have one, they'll find your employer and it will come back to you. So that's like more of like an education thing on how, you know, they. it really is merged together. Like you pretend, like before you post something online, pretend you're about to say it in front of all your friends and you got a microphone in front of you. And if you wouldn't do that, then it's probably not a good idea to post it online. So I I think the online and the offline, even though they're two separate places in which you present yourself, it still is you. Um, And then on the other side, some people don't have any online presence from, to begin with. And it could be an older generation, you know, that never got into social media or, or, whatever the reason may be as to why they didn't sign up for, for social media. But, um, I do look at them as, as the same, but, but different places in which you present yourself, just like how an employer brand and a a company brand work works. You, you work for the company, you clock out, you're still representing the company. It's still you. It's not like, Oh, let me put my uh, new suit on real quick. Uh, it's you. So it's your reputation
1: yeah we we have those conversations with with some of our clients about you know they get very worried about um, how do you control your employees, your teammates, uh, how do you control their their online presence or conversations?
2: Mm.
1: And I always say, well, how do you control their offline conversations? How do you control their conversations when they're at Wegmans or their phone conversations with their neighbors when they go out to the grocery store and somebody talks to them about where they work or ask them questions? How do you control that? To me, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. So I, I don't know. Do you have to have special rules in place still for people and how they talk online? You can't control what they're going to say. You can, uh, w- whether it's online or on the phone or talking to their neighbor or at the grocery store you can't control that. you create expectations, right mm-hmm. you, you uh, I expect that you're not going to give away trade secrets if you do, you're not going to work here anymore. I mean I would expect that you're not going to trash our company. If you are then you probably shouldn't work here because you don't like it here and you should go somewhere else but we don't want you trashing our company whether it's online, Or offline but i think where i feel the pain of uh, these uh, small business owners where they they worry about what these people say online more so what they say in person is because a lot of people say things online that they wouldn't say in person Mm -hmm. that's why companies focus quite a bit on what these people are saying online they hide behind their keys and and that and that goes Look at, look at politics. When politicians are getting in trouble, I mean, it just seems like 90% of the time it's because of what they tweeted. Oh, you wrote this. She said this. It's not what they, it's just what they tweeted. They, they hit on their phone and, and said something. And their, their online brand merges in with their offline brand. It's all one. And so that affects everything. And same with a company. If you are an employee of a company, you're wearing that company T-shirt, you go rob a bank, that's going to be bad for you and for the company brand. So if you're working for a company and you're online uh, saying really stupid stuff, that's not going to be good for you. That could come back to you. But to Jamie's point, if they want to figure out who you are, they can figure it out, and then they figure out where you work. That's bad for the company brand. So ev- that's to our point. Everything you do, whether you're a, an employee there, you're the owner, um, you're an outsourced someone that's outsour- outsourced representing that company. Everything affects that brand, the, which is the perception of the community. So it's a real interesting study. It's you know the this online versus offline reputation or brand they're the same thing Mm -hmm. they both affect each other it's just there's a some kind of disconnect and people think they can say whatever they want on their phone on twitter or whatever it is and it's something they would never say to a whole group of people in a grocery store i like what you say jamie if here's the test if you had a microphone in the public square and you wouldn't say what you're about to say on Twitter or whatever social media platform it is, then don't write it, don't say it. It don't think that just because you're online, you you, your, your personal brand, your company's brand is is hidden from what you say.
2: Now, I've also seen, I don't know if you guys follow Wendy's on Twitter. So I've also seen companies kind of have fun with that a little bit. Right. So I think of like, I still think of Wendy's with like Dave Thomas and like, he, he made this company after his sweet little redheaded daughters, like image it's wholesome. They mm-hmm. make, you know, their beef is never frozen. And we, you know, the best ingredients, I mean, as best as probably a fast food company can be, but then on Twitter, they kind of play around with that we're behind the keyboard kind of anonymity and have a lot of fun with people. So like, for example, this was a few years ago, but for example, it was like national frozen food day and Wendy's posted, I actually brought up my phone and it said, Hey, McDonald's heard the news, happy hashtag national frozen food day to you for all the frozen beef that's sticking around in your cheeseburgers. And they'll go back and forth with other fast food restaurants, they did one to Dunkin' Donuts about congratulations on, where was it? Uh, Congratulations on taking, where is it? Like basically like when they switched from like Dunkin' Donuts to just Dunkin', congratulating them for taking out what was bad about their business right from like their name. And then they go and then they go back and forth with each other. So it's, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, funny when you have, uh, somebody kind of lean into that, uh, taboo a little bit, like hiding behind a keyboard. Um, I mean, they're just having fun with it too. So it, you can't, I think you can sometimes see, um, the benefit, if as long as it's done in a right way, and you know it's still going to positively positively affect your brand. Um, having fun with that notion of well, you wouldn't say that if you're a friend of my faith. They're like, no, we'll say it at Twitter, but you know, when you're in our when you're in our our, our restaurant, our our storefront, you know, it's going to be a totally different story. I just think that's interesting.
1: And the question is still, how do you? How do you control any individual's negativity mm-hmm. pushed out there? I mean, I don't have right. an answer for that.
2: I mean, you but, can't but control.
1: My, no, you can't. That that's that that's sort of my point. Is that you you couldn't control it before social media, but you have expectations.
0: I'll give you a a scenario real quick. Um, so I worked for a grocery store. Um. And they had us all sign a document saying that we would never mention the name on social media. So like if we were, I don't think anything about writing where you work, you know, like where you could put like where you currently work, but you weren't allowed to like make a post and use the name in the post positive or negative. They didn't want any association of your name with uh, their, their brand.
1: And let me ask this, were you allowed to, Uh, talk to your neighbors about that store
0: sure was allowed to have
1: phone conversations (laughs) were you allowed to go to another store and talk to other people
0: here's the difference though steve i I, and i'm trying to understand both sides you know on my side i'm like this is ridiculous but here's what i'm thinking it's limiting the conversation that could happen so you know you ever notice that sometimes there could be a post that starts off with good intentions and then there's always that one person that tries to one up and then all of a sudden it's this long. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking they're trying to limit, which is obviously not the best idea, but they're trying to limit a conversation that can go negative about the company. So if like, you know, it was to write something say, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden there's this long thread and then the name is being bashed. I think that tries to limit it, you know, with the person being an employee, employee of that company versus just, a you know, a regular customer. But it's ridiculous because, yeah, you could say you could be recorded. You could have the conversation yeah. in, a, in the store itself and be recorded on camera. Um, but I think I think in that sense, you know, that was somebody's best judgment as to how to limit a conversation from happening, you know, going from positive to negative
2: while they limiting. work there.
0: Yeah. While you work there. Right.
2: Because like once you leave, I mean, mean, we've had we've had like uh, with some of our clients, you know, people who've left not on good terms. And like you said, there'll be like a nice post like this person's so happy. It's Taco Tuesday and the whole team is enjoying tacos. And then there'll be a comment like, oh, great. Tacos. Well, you could give me a cent on taco, but you won't pay me a living weight. You know, there'll be something. Sure. So they always wait until (laughs) they'll wait until they leave. Yep. So it still comes back to how you treat them too. Yep.
1: That's true. Uh that is true. And if you have I've always said there's non-competes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't believe in them. I don't even know if they're allowed anymore in New York state, but um if if in a, if someone that I have on my team and they want to work somewhere else, I think they should because obviously I didn't set it up well enough for them uh, at where they work now, you know? So if you have a, you have a culture that works for the employee and everything works and it goes both ways, then that's fine. But if somebody else comes in and says, you know, I think this culture is even better. Well, why, why shouldn't they go work there? Maybe they can make more money. Maybe there's, go for it, you know? So, but instead of focusing on worrying about losing people to something else or somebody else, focus on growing the team that you have to make them better at what they do, if that's where the direction they want to go, open up opportunities for them. So my point is, um, focus on, I guess, going back to focusing on what you do have rather than what could happen and and so my problem with limiting what a team member an employee could talk about because you don't want them to talk about negative things so then they don't talk about positive things and things become very s- sterile you, there's no perfect workplace there are negative things that's i mean there's no perfect human we all make mistakes we do things that we wish we didn't we say things we wish you didn't so why not just be real and go for it if you want to talk about us go for it you know um obviously if someone is ripping on their own company you need to have a discussion with them you know and someone else might hear that or see that and now have a negative effect maybe they'll maybe they'll think negatively of you or maybe they'll say that person's a complainer and a whiner i don't know i just i just i completely understand why a company says we need to limit your abilities on social media or just because of what what could happen um I just wish, I guess it's wishful thinking that we could get to a place where you're online and offline, the expectations are the same. I don't expect you to go bashing the company or giving out trade secrets, whether it's on the phone to your neighbor or online with somebody that's not in our company or out of our state or out of our country. And I and and that may and 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 the reason that they, I suppose, control more of the online is because they actually can. But it's because of people, our society right now, still thinking that they can hide behind a keyboard and they can do whatever they want on their phone and they just feel this. And Jamie, I don't think it's a sense of people won't know who I am. I'm not a psychologist here, but there's something to that. Like I go back to these politicians that tweet these things that wish they didn't tweet it later. Well, that's their name. It's it's their handle. They're saying they're writing this. In essence, they're going into the town square and broadcasting it everywhere. But for some reason, we think that, well, it's just I, I I have more courage. I have Twitter muscles compared to if I had to do it in person. And so that is where I give companies, I give them all I understand why they would want to control it, because there's something where humans think they can get away with things that they wouldn't get away with. If they did it, they can get away with things online that they wouldn't be able to get away with in public. It's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. all one
0: thing. Yeah. It's worse. It's, it's even worse when it's online. Cause it's forever. At least if you say something, you know, in person to somebody it's between you and the person, if it's going to be negative or the group that you're talking with, whereas if you type it, and it's on Twitter and it's on Facebook. It's out there forever. It's it's it could be screenshot. It could be saved in an archive. It's never deleted. So, I I think for whatever reason, you know, people that feel have the courage to say what how whether it's how they feel or they you know they want to get emotion out of people. It's not ingrained in people's minds yet that it's it's forever. Whereas when you have a conversation. And it could be the heat of a moment, you know, you get, sometimes you get emotional, you let emotions take over, you know, you're just whatever, uh, venting it's at that, at that point, it's a memory. It's between you and you and the group or you and the person, whereas when it's actually typed, it never disappears and people don't get that for some reason, or they do get it and they just really don't care, but it amazes me.
2: You're right though, Jamie. I mean, you see, um, I think we see that a lot with like this younger generation that record everything. They'll be committing a crime and then they record it. They'll be talking bad about their employer. They record it and then they post it. And then they're shocked that like, well, how did you find out? Well, you put it out there. I don't know. There's some kind of common sense. I think sometimes that's missing or just like that behavior online, that hiding behind a keyboard has just become so commonplace that I don't know. I don't get it either.
1: Yeah, we need to get a professional in here to explain it to us because yeah, it is, you. it's really, it's really bizarre. Um, but really what it all comes back to is what we were talking about. And that is your brand, which is your brand image, your brand reputation um that that everything you do if you don't shovel the sidewalk to your business on a snowy day your customers will have a bad experience which will negatively affect your brand and so it as an employee or employer or whatever when you're on your own doing whatever that will affect your personal brand and it can also affect your company brand and, and it's not just negative you know you don't have to it doesn't have to be bad things but anything you do positively or negatively would affect your affect your brand and i guess the point is just be cognizant of it everything you do affects your brand and your brand reputation which ultimately affects the uh, the revenue of your business